It's a joy to be back at Charity Baptist Church in Pontotoc, Mississippi. And I did uh, thoroughly enjoy Brother Eddie's message that spoke to our hearts in a tremendous way. I think it humbled us. And I think this is healthy for us. A uh, humble spirit recognizing where we failed and and how gracious and how good the Lord is to us. And He is certainly good to us, isn't He? I'm uh, grateful for how the Lord has dealt with my heart even already tonight. In fact, I thought, Lord, I can uh, I can just read a little Bible and get out of the way or I can do what you'd have me to do and I'll try to do that if the Lord directs my heart as best I can. I've been preaching at the church where I pastor through 1 Corinthians um, and I've been in that book for several, well, uh, over a year, well over a year now. And, um, and I used to, when I would go to a meeting, try to go back into the archives and get what I thought would stir people the most. Y'all forgive me for that. It's just the way I was, just the way I was raised. But now I've, I've got a touch of ADHD. And if I do that, you'll be in a mess. And so I've just got to give you what I've been sharing with my people. And, uh, and so we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and I'll just be, I'll just be real brief tonight as the Lord would help us and talk to you just a little bit. And if I don't get through with my message, if the Lord's willing, I can come back maybe on Wednesday if Brother Kevin would have me to preach again and, and finish what I've got to say up. Let me say while you're turning, I know Brother Kevin knows a thousand Baptist preachers or many more that he could have got to stand in this place tonight and do much better job than what I'll ever do, but I'm honored that he, uh, one of my preaching heroes, would uh, let me come and have a part in this meeting. Uh, as uh, he mentioned, you good people and, and uh, our affection toward you, and I'm hoping your affection toward me. The church where I pastor certainly in love with Brother Kevin. They always say, is Brother Kevin going to preach this year? He's as smooth as butter. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I'm, not, I'm not smooth like, uh, like him. That's what they say about it. And uh, so, uh, so I'm not as smooth as butter. I'm as lumpy as cottage cheese. But I'll do the best I can. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, would you stand with us while we read uh, this uh, sacred text? This is the Word of God, and uh, I'm grateful for it. Brother Eddie has said much about what I would like to really piggyback on tonight, although we're in two different places. Several thoughts that he spoke really resonated in my own heart about losing our first love and returning to what got us here, and uh, I've been uh, really uh, taken with the gospel lately and asking the Lord to show me the gospel and that I would fall in love with the gospel and show me more about the gospel. There's so much about the gospel that we don't know and so much I would like to know. Of course, we know 
that the gospel is Christ. And the Bible from cover to cover is a complete record of the gospel. And uh, someone might say, I heard someone say one time, uh, the question was asked, where is the gospel in the Bible? And they said, well, it's 1 Corinthians 15. Well, it, it could be the outline of the gospel, but the entire Bible gives us the gospel. And these are maybe major points about the gospel, but everything God says in His Word surrounds what I'm going to read tonight. And that's why it's so wonderful uh, what the Lord has done for us. Here's what Paul writes to, first, to the Corinthian church in chapter 15. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you stand, or you received, and wherein you stand, by which also you're saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. You can be seated. I want to look back uh, this evening at one little phrase in verse number 3 where Paul writes, I delivered unto you first of all. And I want to preach for a few moments as the Lord, the Holy Spirit directs our hearts on keeping the main thing, the main thing. Keeping the main thing, the main thing. I think it was Timothy Keller uh, theologian and pastors, I read, studied this text, who made this statement, if Jesus rose from the dead, then you have to accept everything that he ever has done. But if he did not rise from the dead, then why worry about anything that he's ever said? In other words, if Jesus really defeated death through his resurrection... It gives credence to everything that he claimed to be. But if he did not rise from the dead, uh, there is nothing that we should put our trust and faith in tonight. Another writer says it like this, If Christ has risen, then nothing else matters. But if Christ has not risen, then nothing else matters. Because the foundation of what we believe is tied and tethered to what Jesus has done for us in His cross work and in His resurrection. The fact that Jesus died and that He he was buried and that He rose again. Praise His holy name. Everything that Christ done while He was on this earth would be meaningless and pointless if Jesus did not complete His redemptive work by resurrecting from the grave. If Jesus bodily was not raised up from the grave, then nothing changes about our life. We would have absolutely no hope. We would have no joy. We would have no life. But since Jesus has resurrected from the grave, it changes everything. I have hope. I have life. 
I have inspiration. I look at the world differently. I see God differently. And I see death differently because I recognize that Jesus literally resurrected from the grave. If Jesus, my friend, was not raised from the, de- uh, from the dead, Christianity has nothing to say. There is no hope. There is no joy. There is no inspiration. And there's nothing to look forward to beyond the grave. If Christ did not rise up from the grave, if Jesus did not rise bodily from the dead, the Bible that we hold dear is nothing but optimism. It's just a tool to make us better citizens, but has no power to help us to become saints. If Christ be not raised, then this is a major waste of time. We should be in the woods somewhere or the lake somewhere. But if Jesus did not rise up from the grave, every book in my library is nothing but fanciful stories uh, believed by fools and simpletons uh, who have been duped by the greatest lie that's ever happened upon mankind. But thank God tonight, he did rise from the grave. Uh, Jesus did die like the Bible said. Uh, Jesus was buried like the Bible said. And Jesus did resurrect just like the Bible said. And beloved, I think for some, for me, I think for me, along the way, if I'm not careful, I get away from the message of simplicity that we find in the gospel message. And brothers, I think tonight this is the message that will bring revival. Amen. I could care less about what Asbury's don't, what's going in Asbury's. That's none of my business. My business is to preach the gospel. Uh, my people need the gospel. Uh, you people need the gospel. Not just sinners, uh, but everybody that's ever been saved uh, must have a steady diet of the gospel of the grace of God. Here's what Paul says. I delivered that message. It was uh, a delivered message. Uh, Paul came to Corinth uh, and the Bible tells us he was weak. Uh, he was trembling. He had fear. He had just left Athens uh, and they literally called Paul a bird brain. Uh, he was dejected. He walked down the cobblestone paths of that cosmopolitan, metropolitan city of Corinth. He was, my friend, I can see him with his chin laid down. But here's what the Bible said. I determined not to know anything among you. I saved Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's a message that saved my never dying soul. That's a message, brothers and sisters, that Paul preached and I believe this it's the message that I must get back to does that make any sense now there's a lot of people delivering all kinds of messages today amen and, uh, and they're preaching all sorts of messages and, and yet many of them do not have the, the, the simple elements of what the Bible calls and what the Bible describes as the gospel message. That the gospel message, brothers and sisters, is not a message that might make us become better us's. Can I get a witness right there? 
I, in the middle of my study on the, these, these passages, my teenagers came to me a couple Wednesday nights ago and they'd been in an FCA meeting, Brother Jay, and, and they began to tell me about the gospel message that was presented that night and how the, the preacher over the FCA made the statement, you want to be a better person? Uh, do you want to have a mansion on the other side? Uh, if you want to feel better about yourself, uh, raise up your hand, uh, repeat this prayer, and you can have all that you're looking for in your life, brothers and sisters. Uh, uh, that is not the gospel message, uh, and that message has no power to save the sinner from hell, and yet, brothers and sisters, that's the message being preached in many Baptist pulpits uh, in these days that we live. Isn't that right? Paul did not deliver that kind of message. Paul was not delivering a lecture or a lesson. Paul was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. I looked up, Brother Kevin, what was the most expensive, uh, expensive item ever delivered by our mail service. It happened in 1958 where a gentleman donated the Cursed Hope Diamond to the Smithsonian Institute. And they tell me that he paid $14 to have that diamond shipped by mail. And so when the Smithsonian got the diamond, they signed for it. And listen, it's, a, it's worth an approximate $300 million in today's money, brothers and sisters. That's a lot to be delivered, isn't that right? But I've got something better than that. That's something that can save sinners from hell. That just didn't lay there as an inanimate object, as some expensive piece of jewelry. No, Paul says, I'm coming weak and trembling, not with excellency of speech or of words of man's wisdom. I'm bringing you the gospel that says, You can't save yourselves. You can't work your way to God. You can't will your way to God. You're dead in trespasses and sins. You must rely on the finished work of Jesus Christ. Christ. Brother, that's quite a message, isn't it? That, 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 that's quite a message that we think about here in this passage, keeping the main thing, the main thing, amen, delivering what the Bible tells us, thank God, and I'm grateful. Let me run around and say this. I'm thankful that the smallest child under the a conviction of the Holy Ghost, I can see the message clear, and the oldest person can see the message when the Holy Ghost of God convicts their soul and opens up their eyes to the awareness that they're lost apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. I've got two twin little girls in my in the congregation where I serve. One of them's Maggie and one of them's Ellie, and I can't think, I, I could, if they came down the aisle this evening, I couldn't tell which one they are, and, I, and one of them got saved, the other one didn't get saved, but, and so I'm always, mis I tried to baptize the wrong one. I grabbed her by the hand, she said, this is Ellie. I'm not saved yet. Maggie came to me on a Wednesday night, and she said, uh, Brother Kevin, she said, Preacher, I mean, her little heart was beating out of her chest, and uh, you can almost see her little dress uh, as her heart beat, and she was swelling 
with uh, emotion and I and it was just a, a sweet little sigh and I said Ellie what's wrong with you I said, Maggie, what's wrong with you? I got it mixed up again. I said, Maggie, what's wrong with you? And she said, preacher, when you preached last Wednesday, I know the Holy Ghost told me I'm a sinner and I'm going to hell. And I said, well, Maggie... Uh, why don't you stop what you're doing and call upon the Lord Jesus to save your soul because that, brothers and sisters, is the criteria for a man to be saved. Uh, they must recognize they're under condemnation to a holy God uh, that God's angry with them all the day long uh, and then they must call upon the God who alone can save their soul. Isn't that right? Paul said, I'm delivering the message. He did not steal the message. He did not store the message. He did not stash the message. He stewarded the message and he shared the message. Now here's where Brother Eddie and I's sermons somehow crisscross from two different passages. Brother Eddie, I want to share the message because I'm aware, Brother Kevin, that and I, I like what the old, I, and I've heard this said before, Brother Steve, they would say, and somebody quotes this often, I've heard them quote this statement, they'll say, uh, share the gospel and when necessary use words. Now brothers and sisters, that sounds very spiritual, but it's hogwash. Though our lives are important to sharing the message we cannot divorce our life from our lips. We must share the gospel. Someone said, preacher, I've heard them say this. Brother Jonathan, they'll say, well, uh, just tell them what, what happened to you. No, because this gospel is not my gospel. It's not my story. It's the Lord's story. We're not to share our stories. We might warm up with that, but brothers, it's time we get back to telling those what Christ has done. Amen, to tell the story. Oh, tell the person working behind the counter at the Walmart. Tell the person at the Texaco. Tell the person at the gas station, tell the person on the factory line, tell the person in the fields, but for goodness sake, tell the story of Jesus right on our hearts, his love. Tell that story of how Jesus came. As Paul would say right here, that Jesus came and died for our sins. Man, that ripped my heart. That Jesus died for our sins. He died for my sins and he died according to the scriptures. Amen. The death of Jesus was not some spontaneous decision. The death of Jesus was not killed on a whim. His death was not a result of some sudden burst of anger. He did not die at the planning of a proud Pontius Pilate. He did not die from the hands of a hateful Herod. He did not die when his sweat became uh, great drops of blood. That's not when his death was planned. You have to go farther back than that. 
His death was not planned. Brother Kevin, as he resurrected Lazarus from the grave and those Pharisees sought to kill our Lord Jesus, you must go farther back than that. His death was not planned as Judas Iscariot sold him in his ill-gotten bargain to the Pharisees for 30 pieces of silver. We must go farther back than that. Amen. Oh, yes. Farther back than that. Farther back than the intertestamental periods. Farther back than the minor prophets. Farther back than the Proverbs and Psalms. Farther back than the Proverbs or prophets and books of history. Farther back than the ancient kings. Farther back than Job. Farther back than Genesis. Farther back than sun, moons, and stars. Farther back than one blade of grass and one leaf on a tree way back farther in the eternal counsels of a sovereign God as a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Listen to me. This is what I, I preached on this for two weeks at our church. The Father scheduled this thing. He he scheduled the whole thing. It was a it was a rigged fight. It was a fixed fight. God predetermined it. God prearranged it. It was in God's playbook all the time. Think about that for a moment. Wicked men thought that they would put Jesus to death in view of their empire, but they were but puppets in the hands of a sovereign God. God had fixed this thing before there was worlds. Someone said, preacher, what does that make you? It just makes me a Bible believer. It just makes me believe what God's word says. That's what, that's what it means that God had planned this. Amen. And his plan was not going to be detoured. Amen. It didn't take God by surprise. This was not, this was not plan A, plan B or plan C. No, God didn't change gears. Can I get a, I may run in just a minute. God didn't change gears. This was not plan B or C. No, this was God's plan from the very beginning of time or before there was a time. And nothing could thwart that plan. When Jesus was rejected by the Pharisees, it didn't stop the plan. When Jesus was betrayed by Judas Iscariot, it didn't stop the plan. When Jesus was paraded in a mock trial, it did not stop the plan. When Jesus our Lord was crucified between two thieves, it did not stop the plan. And when our loving Lord's body went limp at Calvary's rugged cross and he gave up the ghost, listen, it did not stop the plan. It was the plan of God, bless his holy name. And Jesus died willingly and he died for our sins. Oh may I say it like this, Jesus died for my wretched, rotten, vile, depraved life. Jesus died, gave his whole life. I gave all his blood to die for my sins amen and brothers and sisters I, I, I can't hardly get over that, that that the Lord Jesus would die for me it was the plan of God 
and brother, and I, and I, listen, if you like Southern, I like church singing, and I like some Southern gospel singing, but I don't like the kind where it's made up and people look at each other and they got different motions and it's all just to show I don't like that kind of thing. You know, they just know how to do it. I heard a Southern gospel song, Brother Steve, that said that Jesus died because he thought so much or because he thought we were worth so much. Do you see the heresy in that? He did not die because he thought we were worthy. He died because he was worthy. Nobody will sing in heaven worthy is the sinner who was saved. But they will sing worthy is the lamb who was slain. Nobody will say, nobody will sing this song worthy is the lost but they will sing worthy is the lamb that was slain. Jesus died according to the scriptures in fulfillment of God's divine will that he loved us so much. Someone said, well, Jesus died. And I don't know, you guys help me with this. I hope I'm not speaking out of terms here, but I think Jesus died because he loved his father. And God died in Jesus because he so loved the world. Is that all right? Jesus loved his father and the father so loved me. <laughs> I, I may not ever told this here. I suspect I have. But as we would say when we were children, just play like a hat. You ready for it? I am a nobody. <laughs> Brother Goodson, I don't come from religious DNA. My daddy wasn't a preacher, he was a heathen. My mother wasn't a preacher's daughter, she was a Mormon. My grandfather was a Mormon, my great-grandfather was a Mormon. My great-great-grandfather was a Mormon. We was all just a bunch of happy Mormons. My daddy was a sharecropper. Anybody else was raised under those circumstances? Amen. And uh, just poor, one of ten kids, the third of ten children, just heathens trying to scratch out a living the best they could. They were so poor, Brother Kevin, they could raise up a plank in the floor to gather eggs in the morning. Can I get a witness right there? They were so poor in the mornings, in the wintertime, it would blow snow through the cracks and mama would put a bunch of blankets on the covers and the best she could she would go in and dust the snow off the covers in the morning just that didn't make them heathens by the way but that's what they, they had all of that goodness and heathens too 
They wasn't going nowhere. But in 1975, in the middle of a cotton patch in North Alabama, my mother was tired of Joseph Smith. And she wanted to try Jesus Christ. Brother, she didn't know the Romans road. She didn't know the Ephesians turnpike or the Philippians bypass or any of the rest of that stuff. She had never read Jack Howells' book on soul winning. But the Holy Ghost came to Oakdale Acres <laughs> in the middle of that cup. And she said this, Jesus, help me. And guess what? I'm going to give you two, ch two, two, two chances to answer, but you know, you're only going to need one. Jesus helped her. Brother, Lord, God saved my mama. And then my mama became a flaming evangelist. She started telling everybody about Jesus. See if my daddy up. And it wasn't long that the whole same Holy Ghost convicted my mama. Convicted my daddy. He's five foot seven, 150 pounds soaking wet. Wears a side shoe, seven shoes, seven wide and seven long. So help me, he's got the widest shoe, widest feet. Got a firm foundation. Brother Jonathan, God save my daddy. Well, I've got way off this really well put together sermon. I've got way away from it, but I'm telling you, the gospel works. The gospel still works. And I, I, want, I want to be a gospel preacher. I want to be a gospel preacher. Can I tell one more thing? I'm, I'm done preaching We got an old boy in our church. He's from Cleveland, Ohio. Is this online? Is this online? Is this live? No, no, you ain't got to cut it. I'll just choose my words wisely. Bo is from Cleveland, Ohio. And one day we went we don't do this often. I'm not against doing it often if you do it, but we just do it as the Lord kind of directs us. We feed the community, and, I, and some of my men knocked on his door. And he was living with an old gal right down the road from the church. He's got 
two cane corso dogs. Anybody got a cane corso dog? Anybody understand what that means? Cane corso? They're 210 pounds. They, they look like they eat pit bulldogs for lunch. We've got two of them. And uh, he's tattooed all up, earrings. And he's a, he was a bouncer in Cleveland, but he was a member of the Blood Gang. He was an enforcer for the blood from Cleveland, Ohio, and comes to Leoma, Tennessee. Y'all ever been to Leoma? Tell him, Brother Kevin. Ain't nothing there. Right down the road from the church, they knocked on his door. He wouldn't come to the door. He thought we were Jehovah's Witnesses. I don't, that's what he said. I, I don't blame him for not coming to the door. He wouldn't come to the door, but they put a little flyer in his in his screen door and said, we want to invite you to come to church. We're having a barbecue lunch. We'd, we'd like to feed you. Just meeting our, meeting our community. And he didn't come then, but he came. He didn't come that Sunday, but he came the next Sunday. He came walking in with some Michael Jordan tennis shoes and some Jordan sh- shorts and a Jordan shirt and a Jordan hat turned around back. He's about this tall. He's got jet black hair. He looks like he's a pretty tough dude. He come up to him and said, Preacher, Yankee. Preacher, I was about to pull a bullet in my head the other day when y'all knocked on my door. That's about to end it all. And he got right with God. The Lord touched him. He comes every service, Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, because all of God's people do. I got you. I got you. He's got a Twitter. He, he live broadcast our, no, he's got a, what, something, I forget, a tic-tac-toe or something. He, Sometimes he's the, he said, Preacher, I don't have a gift, but I got a large following on TikTok or TikTok or whatever you call it. And he said, uh, uh, I'll, If you don't mind, I'll show you sermons on there. And, brother, sometimes 100,000 people watch our sermons. He stood up to testify the other day, just a while back, and said, I don't know why God done all of this for me. I don't know why, I don't know why God would do this for me. I'm going to tell you why. Because of what Christ has done, what Jesus has done. And I, I, I don't want to get away from that. I, I, I don't want to lose that, the fact that, man, he said, Brother Eddie said something a while ago. I've got it wrote in my Bible. I'm going to preach on it. The past is a, it's a bad place to live, but it's a real good place to visit. <laughs> that is profound, brother. You remember your past? Where God came to you. And open your eyes to the fact that you needed a Savior.
I don't want to get over that. I don't want to get over that. Let's bow together. Father, thank you for the day you've given us. these words that Paul the Apostle inspired to write. There's so much here. I'm grateful for the gospel that has given me hope, assurance. And even though doubt may come to some, Lord, when they think about what they've done, we should ever we should never think about what we've done, what we prayed, what we said, how we acted. Lord, we should look to Christ as our only hope of salvation. Thank you for your death. Thank you for your burial. And thank you for your resurrection. And thank you, Lord, for where you're seated tonight ever living to make intercession for us. And as long as there's a Jesus, I'm going to live forever. And God, since you are, Jesus, since you are God, you're going to be ever living, ever living. Thank you for Brother Eddie and his message that spoke to our hearts for this body of Christ. Thank you in Jesus' name.